If you have your Bibles tonight, I need you to turn into the book of Hebrews, and I need you to look in chapter number 11, and you'll find verse number 31, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 31, and then when you find that, you need to uh, turn uh, to the Old Testament and find Joshua chapter 2, Joshua chapter 2, Hebrews 11. And many of you have waited in anticipation when I announced uh, the sermon title. It got some of y'all stirred up. Well, what's he going to say about that? Well, I'm going to say that when we're going to look at this story, a very familiar story, what I want us to be able to say is not what a sermon, but I want us to be able to say what a Savior. Amen. Amen. So you're in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 31. This is what the Bible says. And it said, by faith. Say that with me. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Now, I want you also turn very quickly over to Joshua chapter 2, looking at verse number 1. And I'll be paraphrasing here, but it says that uh, the story is that Joshua sent the spies into the city. Now, the city, we know, is Jericho. Been there uh, three times uh, to Jericho. We all know the story about Jericho. But uh, So Joshua sends the spies. And the Bible tells us there in Joshua chapter 2, verse number 1, that the spies came to the house of a harlot named Rahab. Here we also see that she's also mentioned in the book of James chapter 2. Now the story is a story of salvation. It's a story that no matter how bad you are, God can still save. I don't know about you, but aren't you glad that you, whatever the case may be, that you came to understand that the Lord could even save you. And so here the story is, it's Rahab. And we're all familiar with Rahab. And uh, we're going to look at uh, three, well, actually we're going to be kind of uh, looking on two things. We're going to look at her failures and then we're going to look at her freedom. I think we all can identify with that this evening. Every one of us has had failures. Some of you are going through some right now. But thanks be unto God, we can have freedom even when we fail. Isn't that good? We serve a good God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a God that has not slumbered or has gone to sleep on us. He's alive and He's alive and well. And He's still in doing the supernatural when everybody else has discounted it. We're going to look a little bit later on that uh, some liberal, uh, liberal theologians uh, tried to explain this story away. 
I want you to know that I believe what the Bible says, I believe it. Now, I know sometimes it's hard to figure out, and, uh, and, and we have those. If you go to the History Channel, please, please, please do not get your theology from the History Channel. You need to get your theology from the Word of God. Because the History Channel, uh, the, the, what they're doing is trying to do everything they can to take the supernatural out of it. The Bible speaks very clearly, and the Bible is good enough for me. I might not be able to explain it, but I just believe it. I had a professor in school, and this is none of my notes. This is all free of charge, okay? I had a professor in school. He uh, had a doctor of, of of theology. He was going to Florida State, which was his first mistake right there. Should have went to University of Florida. But anyway, well, he probably got messed up down there too. But uh, uh, he, he went to go get a doctorate in philosophy. They all knew that he was a Baptist preacher. They all know that he, uh, knew that he uh, taught at a Baptist school. They knew that he was a believer. So he was expecting. He was ready for them. He goes and he uh, has to sit of uh, five or six uh, professors. And the first question they ask, can you prove the existence of God? He looked at him and he said, not to your liking. There was no other questions asked of him. Folks, we don't have to explain it all. It's all because of our faith we're able to stand where we can stand. We don't have to get in debates. We don't have to get in arguments the Word of God speaks for itself. So you just stand upon the Word of God. This story that we're going to look at tonight, I believe, happened exactly like it was recorded. She was a harlot. Now, some have explained and said, well, oh, that word. And I, I can see them now. They'll, they'll have a pipe and oh, they'll, they'll have a brow upon them. They'll say, well, the, you know, we've studied this word. And you do know that harlot can also mean an innkeeper. Well, here in Hebrews chapter 11 and also in James 2, it uses the word harlot. And the word that is used there means a woman who sells her body. She was a harlot. She was a prostitute. That's how she earned her living. But something miraculous happened to her, and we're going to see that when the spies come to her house, she took the spies in. Now, in Joshua chapter 2, uh, we see that he explains that. And, and so she's uh, uh, willing to uh, help these uh, guys uh, but I want you to notice uh, a couple of things here. First of all, I want you to see, and, and, uh, and, and speaking of her uh, being what she was, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 5, 6. Now, it's not making reference to Rahab, but it's making a reference uh, and giving a contrast. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse number 6, uh, it talks about, uh, previous to that, it talks about a widow. And then in verse number 6, it says this, And she lives in her pleasure, but while she was live, living, she was dead. That explains 
Rahab. She was living in her pleasure, but she was dead in her living. Church, we need to understand and we need to get focused, as I made mention this morning. We need to get focused on the fact that there are many who are living, but yet they're dead. And that's the reason why it's imperative for us to get back to the business at hand. And that's reaching a lost and dying community. There's a lot of rehabs out there. Oh, rehabs. There's a lot of uh, Rahabs too. (laughs) After tonight, maybe I need to go to rehab. (laughs) But if I go, there's some going to go with me. Okay? (laughs) Truth be known, we all probably need to go, don't we? (laughs) Let's just go ahead and close shop and go to rehab together. (laughs) But there's a lot of Rahabs out there. Now, they might not be harlots, but they're living, but yet they're dead. So here the story unfolds. We we see that she brings these guys in and uh, she makes some profound statements. We see that she used to be. Now, how do we know that? We're fixing to show you. She used to be a harlot. But she got saved. We understand she got saved because we see it unfolding. In verse number 9, I find it interesting. In verse number 9, she said that she had heard. Now, I want you to stay with me. And I know maybe the outline is it's going to be hard to figure out because I haven't really figured it out myself. But here we see that she has heard. In verse number 9, it says that she had heard. What had she heard? She had heard about the exodus from Egypt. Okay? All of Jericho had heard about this. They heard about the supernatural power of a mighty God. I'm telling you, the lost community can hear about the power of God. But here's the problem that we have. We're not seeing the power of God manifest itself, not because He's not able. Oh, He's able. But we're seeing it's not being manifest is because we're not willing to be used. We've lost sight of what we're supposed to be doing. We've lost sight that we are to be about the Father's business. And so now this community in which God has placed us, they're not hearing of miracles. They're not hearing about people coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not seeing that God is doing a work here. Why? Because not that God's not able and He's not willing is because we have taking a leave of absence. We have said, I'm just going to take a little break. 
I'm going to take a little break because of this or because of that. I'm going to take a little break because, you know, I've been doing this for so long. It's time for me to kind of uh, take some time off. Let somebody else step up to the plate. May I remind you, when God called you, He called you. And when He gave you an opportunity, the opportunity was for you. And here's what's happened. We have lost many blessings, and I'm including myself. We have missed opportunities because we got caught up on some other things and we got our eyes off of the author and finish of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what has happened is, word is not, there's no one here and God is doing a marvelous work. But notice, she says that we have heard. But not only do we see that she says she has heard. But in verses 10 and 11, she starts to say things like, we have heard. Now we know she's been saved because she's in the hall of fame. It says, by faith. See, that's how you come to know Jesus Christ. You come to know Jesus Christ by faith. We've already alluded to the fact that you do not have to prove the existence. You don't have to do any of that. You just come to know Jesus by faith. You place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I had a very interesting memorial service this afternoon. It was in a facility that's affiliated with the Church of Christ. Now, I'm not going to hear to bash the Church of Christ but they, they have uh, oh, some different views on some things. So I went in there and this dear lady that I had met one time, my daughter-in-law, she works at this facility and she calls me back some months ago and she says, I need to see if you could do a favor. And I said, well, what's that? She said, well, there's a lady, one of our residents, and she has requested a Baptist preacher. And I said, okay. And she said, now, she's a little uh, perturbed. She's a little confused. Uh, She's very fretful. Uh, She wants to be baptized. And I said, okay. So I go to her and I meet her. Her name was Donna. Not my wife. But it was Donna. I go and start talking to her and I said, uh, Miss Donna, has there ever come a time in your life that you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ? By faith, you believed upon the wonderful name of Jesus. She says, yes, sir. She told me exactly how old she was. She told me the exact day. And she told me the church where she came to know Jesus Christ. I said, that's good, uh, Miss Donna. So you do realize... I said, were you scripturally baptized? She says, yes, I was. She told me the date that she got baptized and told me all the surroundings there, and it's been some years ago. And I said, well, Miss Don, why do you think you need to get uh, baptized again? She says, because I'm just not sure about some things. So long story short, talked to her, went to the book of John. That was one of her favorite books. She took her mother's Bible out. Her mother's Bible had been tattered, torn, had many notes. She was showing me that. And I started talking uh, to her and and sent her to the third chapter 
chapter 3, verse number 15, it says, Whosoever believeth on him shall have everlasting life. I said, what does that say, Miss Donna? She says, I said, what, what does it say to do with Jesus? She says, believe. I said, have you done that? She said, yes, sir. Took her to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I said, do you think that God is trying to get our attention? I said, in two verses, back to back, He uses the word believe and uses the word, if we believe on Him, we'll have everlasting life. She says, yes, sir. Then I took her to Romans chapter 10, verse number 13. Who shall ever call upon the name of the Lord? Call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I said, what's that? She said, what's after saved? She said, nothing. There's a period. I said, exactly. So I, uh, this afternoon, I told them exactly what we talked about in her room that day. I said, here's what this family needs to understand. Miss Donna, because of her testimony that she, by faith, trusted and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, She confessed her sins. She repented of her sins. And she called upon that lovely name of Jesus. I said, I want you to know, I'm not giving you just a a motivational speech. I'm not trying to make you feel good about this situation. What I'm telling you is, I have a peace that because of the testimony that she gave me, she understood that by faith, by faith, By faith, by faith, she believeth unto righteousness. And the Bible says that when she called upon his lovely name, she was saved. Baptism's very important, yes. It's an act of obedience. But my dear friend, I'm telling you, we do not need to do anything else. When we believe by faith, the Bible says we're saved. And so when I talked to her about that, and she nodded with that, and I said, I want you to know by that testimony, by Paul, the Apostle Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm telling you, your loved one, by her testimony that she received Jesus Christ by faith, she is in a far better place than we are this afternoon. By the way, my dear church, that's the story that we need to be getting out. It's a story that will change harlots. It's a story that will change alcoholics. It's a story that will change any sinner. And we need to tell them they don't have to do a whole bunch of do's and don'ts. They just need to place their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and just stand upon His Word. And that's the message that we have not been getting out. And that's the reason why nobody's hearing of God manifesting Himself. I'm telling you, church, it's time for us to get refocused and start getting the Word back out to the harlots and to the alcoholics and and to uh, the drug dealers. I'm telling you, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. And that's what this community needs to hear. And that's what we need to be preaching. That's what we need to be teaching. By faith, by faith, by faith, the Lord Jesus Christ will change your life and not only give you eternal life, but he'll give you abundant life. So Rahab, She received him by faith. But notice this. As you read, she 
had a request. She said, now, I want to help you guys out, but will you also spare or save my family? I started thinking about this. One of the evidence of us coming to know Jesus Christ in a personal way is that we can't keep it to ourselves. She was concerned about her family. I'm telling you, we can't get into every home. But if we have those that we can talk and and, and minister to and they get saved, they'll go and get the rest of their family. That's what happened here. May I remind you, Jericho, according to Deuteronomy, Jericho was a doomed city. She was a doomed girl in a doomed city. Now, Jericho was a walled city. I started thinking about walls. We talked about rebuilding walls. And we all know that the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. And so there are times when we need to rebuild the wall, but there's times when we need to tear the walls down. We have those who are in the sound of our voice that have walls. They have walls of bitterness. They have walls of unforgiveness. They have walls of guilt. Have walls of shame. And we need to be about helping tear those walls down. Because when you tear those walls down, then we're able to rebuild the wall. Now we've talked about rebuilding the wall. So there are walls to be torn down. I've already alluded to this and I've already spoke about this, but we don't know, need any more social programs. We got probably too many of them now. Matter of fact, and, and, I, 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 and hear me out, I'm, but we think, and when I say we, society as large think that's what we need. Here's how you solve problems. Pump more money into it. Here's how we need to solve the social ills of our day. We need to have more programs. And what, has we, what we've done is that we are telling a lost and dying world that they can do it on their own. That's exactly what they're in. Our, our government, our school system, they're thinking, here's the answer. More money, more money, more money. I have nothing against giving money to educate. I have nothing problem. But I'm telling you, that's not our answer. So what we're doing is that we're relying. And by the way, you, uh, in about a couple of weeks, we're going to uh, be getting back to school and our teachers are going to uh, already be uh, getting back and start working. We need to pray for our teachers. We need to lift them up because we have demanded way too much out of them. We've taken the academia out of that and told them, you need to teach about character, you need to teach about this, and you need to bother that, you need to know about sex, you need to do this, you need to do that. And, and what has happened is that we are paying our teachers not to teach 
arithmetic and, and science and all. What we're paying them for is to be social workers. And that's the reason why we're in the trouble. Because what we need is a supernatural work of God. And who's going to do that? The church. That's our job. Is to proclaim the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you get a mama or daddy saved, they're going to get the whole family. Right? We have some wonderful programs here and Wana and in our children's department, uh, and, and we, we put a lot of in investment in our children, and rightfully so. We put a lot of money invested in, into our young people, rightfully so. But we're not just after the children and the teenagers, we're after the whole family. So Rahab here, she came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that she accepted him by faith. And she just couldn't get over it. She went and she helped these men of God to spy out her city. Now notice what she said. She said, save my family. She didn't say anything about herself. Why? She'd already taken care of that. Right? Now her emphasis is on others. My dear friend, we live in a Jericho city. It's a doomed city. I'm telling you. That's not to point fingers at anybody. I'm just telling you because of the wickedness and the sin that abounds, we're in a doomed city. And the judgment of God will fall. Say, so, well, uh, that's, that's our whole nation. And I understand. I am concerned about my whole nation. But I'm telling you, as I made mention this morning, God's put me here. I'm concerned where I live. And we're in a doomed city. And the only thing that will cure that is a supernatural work of God. And that supernatural work of God will not be orchestrated in city hall. It will not be orchestrated in town hall meetings. It will be orchestrated in the house of God. We have absolutely no one else to blame except us. We don't expect the White House to take care of it. White House can't do that. I don't care who's in the office. We can't expect... City council to take care of it. God has not placed that on them. He's placed it on us. But here's what's happened. We have allowed too many walls to be built around us. That we can't get through. See, a wall city has two purposes. To keep people in and to keep people out. And because of our disobedience and because we've been distracted and because we have bought into the lives of Satan, we have a world around about us full 
of Rahab's who are dying and going to hell. And we're the ones to blame. I don't know about you, but church, isn't it time for us to be about the Father's business? Isn't it about time for us to get our pettiness taken care of? Isn't it about time that we get ourselves out of the way? Because that's what it boils down to. It's about me. It's about me. It ain't about you. It's about people who are dying and going to hell because we've let Satan build a wall around us. And we can't get out because we have entrapped ourselves and we've become enslaved to our sins that we can't get out and tell others about their sins. Here's the bottom line. I, I, I know I'm not, I'm not fu- I'm fu- I am fussing, I guess. Maybe I am fussing. But I've been fussing at Mike for a while on this. And here's what I've determined. I can't do a blessed thing what you do. But I sure can't take care of what Mike's supposed to. And if Mike takes care of what Mike's supposed to, Brother Rob takes care of what Brother Rob's supposed to. Brother Travis takes care of what Brother Travis is taking. Do you see where I'm going with this? When we all do what we know we're supposed to do, that wall will fall down so we can go out and help tear other walls down that have enslaved people. I'm, I, and I've got to be careful with this story, but back some years ago, many, many, many years ago, I knew um, of this uh, young lady, and uh, she was a Rahab. <laughs> and uh, I started asking her questions. Why are, you, why, are you, why are you in the business that you're in? And she looked at me and she says, because... No one else has told me any different. No one else has told me any different. So we started talking to her some more. And I said, well, do you, you do know that you don't have to do And she says, you tell me where I can go and make this kind of money. Amen. See, that's, society says, here's what we do. Here's how we can get them off the streets. Let's go ahead and educate them. Oh, yeah, that'll work real well. That's not their problem. The problem is not what they're doing. The problem is that they do not realize that it's about knowing Jesus Christ and that peace and that contentment they can only have in Jesus Christ. No one told her about it. Folks, we have people all around us You can go ahead and point fingers at them. You can go ahead and call them all the names you want to. But the bottom line is this. How do they know unless we tell them? How do they know unless we tell them? And when we go and tell them, we have to do it with the right attitudes. See, I've heard people say, "Uh, my neighbor, I hate my neighbors. That's what they say about us. But... (laughs) I hate my neighbors. 
I, and, and I've even had somebody say, I just wish they'd get saved. Now, what a minute. Why do you want them to get saved? So they can be better neighbors? What's wrong with us? We should want them to get saved because they have a new life in Jesus Christ. Now, the other will follow into place. But do you see where I'm going with that? Sometimes our motivation is not where it should be. I'm not going to tell somebody about Jesus because I know if they die, they go to hell. And that should burden us. And could it be, maybe our problem is that we haven't been burdened. Let's just go ahead and put it on out there. We really just don't give a rip about them. We really don't. We don't care if they go to hell. Just as long as me and my family are okay, that's all that really matters to me. You need to repent. Because that's the very reason why they're not hearing about the supernatural power of God. We think we have to dress them up. We have to educate them up. We have to do all this kind of... No, 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 no. They just need to have a personal salvation experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll take care of the rest of it. So church, here's where we're at. I want you to think right now. Do I know a Rahab? I'm not talking about that particular business that she was in. Because you see, God doesn't look and here's, sometimes we lose sight of that He doesn't hate the sinner. He loves the sinner. But He sure does hate the sin. Sometimes we get that crossed up, don't we? That stinking Muslims. I'll tell you what. Why don't we just go ahead? Let's just go ahead and and, and, and an eye for an eye. And let's go ahead and cut some of their heads off. Oh, that'll solve everything. That's what's wrong with us. God loves them as much as He loved you. He hates the sin. But he loves the sinner. Because the last time I checked, Jesus said this. Jesus said, if I be lifted up. If I be lifted up. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. It's time for us to be lifting him up. Because there are people who are dying and going to hell. And that ought to cause us to be burdened. Because when you get your eyes off of your little circus that you've got going on and start putting your eyes to the author and finish of our faith, and when we start to have a mind like Christ and we start thinking more like Jesus than we do ourselves, we'll be able to see the supernatural power of God manifest Himself. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing that the word on the street is 
Hillcrest Baptist Church. I know I've heard some things, but you can't deny the fact the power of God is working there. I hope that's your desire. I hope it's this church desire that we see Him high and lifted up.